You're listening to What Were You Thinking? with Eric McCoy and Morella McCoy, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hey, this is Eric McCoy, and welcome back to What Were You Thinking? And I am, of course, here with my beautiful wife, Morella McCoy. Hello, hello. And as you can see, we're not in the studio today. Um, I wanted to actually make a quick announcement. Um, the reason I actually am not in the studio today is because I was on a Zoom call uh, with an organization uh, called the Purpose of Recovery. And they're going to be doing a uh, what's called Recovery Connection Rally, Bridging the Gap to Recovery. Uh, it's going to be on September 25th between 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., and um, this is actually Lady Donella, who I had done a podcast with on High Wall Clean. And she's, she and a group of people are putting this together. I am going to be the MC. Kind of excited about it. It's going to be fun. Um, so if any of you guys are in the area, uh, definitely please, uh, you know, reach out to them um, and, uh, and check into possibly that event. And again, it's I don't think you mentioned the area. Did you mention it? Didn't yeah, it's in Garden Grove. Garden. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, you can register at ocrecoveryrally.org. Again, ocrecoveryrally.org. Um, and, uh, and again, they're gonna have, they'll have live music. We're gonna have speakers, food, games, and according to the thing, some family fun. <laughs> and so again, it's in Garden Grove. Um, so check it out, ocrecoveryrally.org. And we will have a booth there, so you can meet. We can meet and greet. We'll have our T-shirts, of our book, your book. Um, you know, we'd love to see you there. Yes, and as you can see, still getting high, but I'm doing it clean. <laughs> <laughs> Again, wrong show, but you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's all yeah, relative. It, it it absolutely is. So, okay, so you know, when I evaluate my life, there's one main thing that I see, which is probably changed my life more than anything. And it was, um, and I, you know, I kind of start, I say this in my book a little bit, once I stopped walking aimlessly with no goals, no dreams, no vision, and no purpose in life. And purpose is something that we all have. And, and honestly, I could say I even had this while using, of course, my purpose was very different back then. But you know, and, and I guess you could say it was very different because I was not thinking and I was really acting solely on instinct. And I want to give a real quick shout out, shout out to a couple of professors that I had at Cypress College many years ago, uh, Virgil Adams and Gary Zager, and also Dr. Alibrandi. Unfortunately, Dr. Alibrandi passed away. But all three of them taught me some really important things. And I want to mention Virgil Adams real quick because he actually taught a class that I think, honestly, we should be teaching this again in, in high schools, elementary schools, junior high schools. And it was a self-esteem class. And um, it was actually an elective that I took for my drug and alcohol studies. And this class was something that, again, <laughs> I don't know why we're not teaching this to everybody, but we definitely should be. But your life purpose, you know, consists of the central motivating aims of your life, right? The reasons that you get up in the morning, you know, purpose can guide life decisions, influence behavior, shape goals, offer a sense of direction and create some meaning for your life. 
And, uh, but honestly, I also believe that it's so much more than just saying, you know, if we were to look at like, you know, being clean and sober, I just want to stay clean and sober because honestly, that's easy. The difficult part is what you want with that, you know, maybe happiness, uh, getting high clean, right? Success. I remember this saying, you know, without purpose, you live at the mercy of chance. Live at the mercy of chance. What do you think, honey? Well, I think there's a lot of people that live that way. They, you know, one of the things that people forget to ask themselves or they do ask themselves and they think way over and beyond what they should is what is my purpose in life, right? And and what what does that mean, right? I know that I went through this whole empty nest syndrome when the, the two of the kids left the house and we have one kid left and I'm like, they're grown. What, what's my purpose now? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, I was always a mom, but that was my purpose. That's what kept me going. And I, not that I'm not a mom anymore, but, but I really came to the realization that I've been living my whole life for these children and not living for myself. And so I was, I was a little lost um, and I'm, and I'm starting to find that and, you know, and, and trying to um, determine what is my purpose. Right. And one of the big things that I hear all the time is like, or I've heard it several times is you need to live like you were dying. So there's a song about that. It's one of my favorite songs actually. Right. And what I mean by that is if you were to, if you were to die tomorrow, what things do you think would be said about you in a positive light, right? Everybody says that when somebody dies, all of a sudden they're just this amazing person and, you know, that kind of stuff. But really, what can they say about you? Um, Did you live your life purposely? Not that you have to have this grandier purpose, like, you know, you have to go out there and be like Mother Teresa and help all the um, you know, the orphan children and, and try to save everybody else's life. Right. But it's, did you live your life purposely? Did you yeah. do all the things that you wanted to do? Did you at least attempt to, to live everything you wanted to do? And so I think everybody's purpose changes, but by living by chance, you're waiting for that purpose to come to you yeah. instead of you finding that purpose. Waiting for the miracle, right? Waiting for that one miracle. Absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, my my ex-husband was that way. Didn't really want to put the work into all the stuff that he wanted to do and was was sitting there waiting for that chance to fall into his lap, waiting for something to happen. And he is a very unhappy person and you know his happiness was bringing me his unhappiness was bringing me down making me unhappy and so that's when i started to to really start seeing well i i wanted more for my life you know and so you start to realize at that point is is my purpose to sit here and be miserable with the group of people I'm hanging out with or who I'm with and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you really start to find your soul searching and start figuring out what is it that you want to do in life. Yeah. You know, the, you know, one of the classes I teach, of course, is, is uh, theoretical approaches to psychology. And one of the uh, theoretical approaches we teach is existentialism. 
And it, it's kind of based on a little bit of what you were talking about, you know, existentialism, you know, in a nutshell, basically says there's no meaning in life, right? I mean, it's kind of the much darker <laughs> theoretical right. approach based, you know, Nietzsche's God is dead, you know, premise. <laughs> right. But one of the areas that they look at, right, is death, right? Fear of death. You know, people, you know, people always say like, you know, there's, you know, there's two big fears in life, fear, fear of public speaking and fear of death. And most people, the fear of public speaking is more fearful than even the fear of death. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that they talk about in existentialism, though, is that it's not really the fear of death or fear of dying, but fear of living, you know, because, you know, and also kind of in the premise that once we realize, of course, that life's short, you know, time goes quickly. That's when we can realize that, you know what, let's get going. Let's get our, let's kick ourselves in the ass and get moving. Right. And that's why I was saying, like, you, you have to live like you, like you're dying because we all are, we all are dying, right? We're not promised tomorrow. So at the end of the day, it's like, live your life. Like if, if you've been wanting to, to, um, you know, jump out of a plane and parachute off of, out of a plane, what's holding you back from doing that? You know, what, why haven't you done yeah. that? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, there's people out there who just, you know, they're too busy, they're working, they're taking care of family, that all that kind of stuff, but they're not making that opportunity, that chance for themselves. So it may not even be fear. It just may be like, oh, I can't find the time for myself. So people need to start looking and finding the time for themselves. And it's something that I didn't do. You know, I, again, lived, my whole life was about, you know, the kids and making sure the kids were good and that they were stable and that they were doing all the things that, they wanted to do that I forgot about myself. Mm -hmm. And if, I mean, you still have to be, take care of your responsibilities, but you are just as important. If you're not living your fullest potential, then you can't really teach by, by, by action. Your, you, your children will see that you're living at your fullest potential. They'll start to live at their fullest potential and so forth and so on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I look at, you know, even today, you know, like I look at I look at my life and like all the things that I've been doing and none of these things would have really transpired unless I was living within purpose of doing it because it's that fight. I mean, I even look at my, you know, like my podcasts, you know, I mean, you know, you know, I've got a lot of things going. I'm doing a lot of different things and things are actually doing well. Um, and I and I just want to say out there that, you know, I'm no better than anybody else. You know, that if you, you know, if you really want to do something, you fight for it. You know, I mean, I look at look at, you know, my high wall clean podcast and I got, you know, thousands and thousands of su subscribers, you know, and, um, you know, which kind of, you know, I'm always kind of questioning how the hell that all happened, but it happened, you know, but I think a lot of it, though, just just goes to that I was determined, you know, I was committed to doing these things and you know i made a decision i'm not living within chance you mm -hmm. know because and that's you know i mean some of the stuff is obviously luck i guess you could say you know but you know to a certain degree nothing would ever transpire like that unless we were fighting for it unless we were committed unless we were um you know determined to make things happen 
Yeah, and I think when you say, um, you know, living by chance, you hear it all the time when you're talking to friends, like, I wish I was able to do this, and I wish I was able to do that, and maybe one day I'll be able to do this. Um, But they're not, they're just, they're, they're kind of just, I hope one day it can happen, but they're not taking the steps to make it happen. And that's what we mean by living by chance. You're, you're hoping that one day you will have a chance to do what you want to do, you know, to do the, the just little things. Um, Eric got in his head a little over a year ago that he wanted to do a podcast. I mean, started out in the garage, you know, doing a podcast together and, um, and there was times that it became really hard and like, you know what, that's it. I'm going to quit. It's not, do, you know, it's, I'm not, it's not getting anywhere. It's not doing anything. Um, but it was fulfilling him. Right, Eric. I mean, it was giving you fulfillment. You were enjoying what you were doing yeah. and you could have given up, but you were enjoying what you were doing. So when things were like, nope, we can't do it. You know, the, the, um, <laughs> garage was too hot for you, you know, oh, whatever. God. You know, and and so we were able to. Um, okay, sorry for those folks who are listening. That's my cat, and we have five cats, and one's trying to get out. So this is why we like to go into the studio. <laughs> I'll yeah. take care of that right now. <laughs> uh, yes, we have five cats. We're a little crazy on kitties, and <laughs> okay, I'm back. Skywalker. Yes. Yeah. He's hungry. So, um, yeah. We've got we've got a, cat, a house full of cats. Yeah, so. yeah I you know I think um, we kind of wanted to talk about this topic a little bit because um, you know it's, I think it's something we're all fighting with. I think it's something we're always continuing to figure out. And you know a lot of times when you say you know what is your purpose in life, um, I think it's evolving all the time too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and a lot of it, and some of it can really be based on circumstances, right? Things happen, you know, my book I wrote, you know, I mean, that all revolved around the fact that my rehab closed, right? And I was out of a job and I was notified by the business money guy that, you know, was my partner that we were closing on New Year's. On Christmas. It was Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Good timing, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so... You know, I I think I just took the news and I just went to sleep, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, I got no money coming in, you know, what am I going to do? And um, and I went to sleep and woke up the next morning. And I was just on fire, you know, and I you know, tried to reach out to all my resources, um, you know, to find people that, you know, can can help me. They can guide me. They can direct me, assist me. And then I sat down and I started writing a book. I mean, how crazy was that? <laughs> and uh, you know, and I and I think about it. Of course, the book's titled "Pain, Failure, and Misery Are the Stepping Stones to Success." You know, and so it took that uncomfortability, pain aspect of I'm now making no money um, to push me into doing something like that. You know, and uh, and I and again, it kind of goes back. To, I was talking to somebody recently about you know, how, what a lot of times can seem to be the worst thing in the world can turn out to be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. Depending on how we look at it. You know, and I got to say, like, finding a purpose 
for everyone is super important. Um, but for being a being a woman, we sometimes believe that our purpose is to take care of our family and our every everything about them becomes our purpose. And so we forget about ourselves. And so of course, our purpose as moms is to be the best moms we can, to be um, you know there and available for them. And that is a purpose-driven type of life. Um, and then we want to be good wives. We want to be able to take care of our husbands. You know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that happens in, in like the women's head. And so we start, our purpose becomes our spouse and our children and our work and, you know, all that kind of stuff but we forget to take the time for ourselves. And so it's really important for women to know that they're still individuals. They're still able to find their own purpose and still be a good mom and still be a good wife and, you know, be able to support your family uh, emotionally, um, you know, whatever you need to do for your family, but still be able to take that time. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's, um, for me, I, I, I have found, you know, a, a really, you know, purpose in trying to help others. Um, doing this show with Eric has been super exciting for me because um, I just feel like it's really great conversation. It's something different. It's new. Um, you know, I've gotten a lot of great feedback um, and I'm still able to be a good mom. I'm still able to take my 16 year old back and forth to school and back and forth to work and, you know, still take care of him. But I'm allowing myself to have the time that I can that that I'm uh, taking some time for myself and taking time for me to do things. You know, um, I get up every morning, five o'clock in the morning. We drink coffee, and I'm out the door by six fifteen. I'm at the gym, and and it's not because just because I want to lose weight and I want to look good or whatever. I actually really enjoy going to the gym and having that half hour workout. I don't do it very long, but it's a half hour workout you know, and I come home, I'm in a better mood. And I've always wanted to do that, but I didn't give myself the time to do that because I was too busy taking care of everybody else. Your, you know, your, your idea on, you know, the mother thing. Now, of course, you know, nowadays are a little different, but if you go back to obviously like when, you know, like with my parents, your parents, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, like my parents, you know, my mom was the mom, stayed at home mom, my dad, his purpose was work, right? You know, and either way, neither one of them are working on themselves. Exactly. And exactly. so, you know, whether whether it be because because and I and I ask everybody out there that's listening, you know, what is your purpose? Like, really, in in the sense of, you know, because for me, you know, I mean, my purpose is not my job. My purpose is not. I mean, my purpose is I want to be happy. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to, I want to feel good. I want to be high while clean, <laughs> you know, and these are the things that really, um, you know, are the things that I'm looking for. Now, as you know, I'm very bad at, at, you know, I get wrapped up in things and, um, but I think it still goes back to, you know, I feel good doing some of these things, not all of them. I mean, there's certain things that I, I really don't like as much as we all have <laughs> we don't like but well we all have to do stuff we don't like that's yeah. not yeah right but um but i think it really goes back to what for me is is what i'm really looking for you know 
um, throw this into a love show real quick. You know, I found you, right? And uh, I am madly, sickly, it makes me sick. Disgustingly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, uh, and it feels great and I love it, you know? And, uh, you know, even though I know sometimes, you know, I can kind of feel disconnected and sort of, you know, separated um, from things because I get wrapped up in my head, which is what I do a lot. Um, and as you can tell, it's a pretty big head, so a lot gets wrapped around it. I have a large head. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's that's really what it what, what it is for me. It really is. You know? it, it is. I mean, finding purpose is not just about, like, I think some people mistake it as, you know, I'm not helping anybody else. I'm not... I'm not a doctor or I'm not a nurse or I'm not helping, you know, the, 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 the orphans or the people coming over from, you know, over the state lines and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that's not, that's not necessarily giving you purpose unless that's what you want. Right. Purpose is about who you are and what you want and remembering that you are an individual and that you don't have to give everything to everybody else. You're allowed to give yourself purpose. You're allowed to give yourself love and attention and take that time. And it may be having to get up early to do that, right? Like, I know that if I start my day and I'm running, I'm running Brian around everywhere and I'm doing my job and, you know, cleaning the house and doing all that kind of stuff, I won't give myself that time. So I knew the best thing for me to do when I started working out was actually to do it early in the morning right? That gives me my time. That's my me time. And this all started. And to be funny, the, the exercise thing started one day. I was really, really, I woke, we went to bed irritated with each other, um, woke up irritated. And I said, I'm going for a walk. And I went for a walk yeah. and I started going for a walk every day after that. Cause I really enjoyed it. I wasn't even mad at him. I wasn't even mad at Eric anymore. I just really enjoyed that walk. And so I started to go, Hey, this makes me happy. This gives me those endorphins. It's letting me get high while I'm clean, right? So, so it was one of those things where it's like it it by chance fell on my lap that I like to that I realized I like to do, and I didn't really know. I didn't really know that that's what I wanted to do. But then one thing led to another, and so that's what I do now. Is is I go and I do my little workout in the morning, kind of get it out of the way. I love it. I enjoy it. The rest of the day, I'm ninety nine percent of the time. The rest of the day, I'm in a good mood, unless somebody at work irritated me. <laughs> Um, but you know, those are those kind of things that you, if you don't know what your purpose is, try different things, try different things that you thought you might like, you know, um, I've talked to, I talked before about being a CASA advocate and unfortunately it hasn't really gone where I wanted it to go yet because there's a lot of red tape, but a CASA advocate is really an advocate for, for children that are in the foster, foster care system, right. And to reunify them with their families. Um, if it, it's still going. I just I'm waiting for the um, the social worker to get back to me before I go okay. see the kids, and it, it's just it's a constant. It's a lot of red tape yeah. um, because I always wanted to. I used to want to be a teacher. I used to want to be able to. Have, I love children. You know, I love being around children, and um, and they just make they make me happy. They're so innocent, and you know all that kind of stuff. So when I was looking for my purpose, 
that was one of the things I said. I want to do something with kids. I want to do something with children where I can I can make a difference in their lives. And a CASA advocate is that they make a difference in their lives by 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 being a support for them, by helping them find um, find outlets for whatever's happening in their lives, and just being that adult that that consistent adult. And and so um, you know, just having to right now, like I said, there's a lot of red tape. I have to work with the social worker. I have to work with the attorney, and I have to be you know that kind of stuff. It's still leading me to my goal that I want to be able to help um, help these children. And um, and so that's one of the things that I started to do that I really like. So you may not know exactly right now what it is, but that's when you take the time and take some time by yourself and start writing down the things that you like, right? I like hanging out with kids. They make me laugh. You know, they make me smile because of their innocence. Um, you know, whatever it is that you like to do. I like to cook, take a cooking class. You know, I, those kind of things, but take that time for yourself. It is valuable. It is the most important thing that you can do for yourself. Um, and, and, you know, kids will leave, you know, jobs will change. All that kind of stuff is, is, is not your purpose that your purpose is to find your happiness. The one thing I, one thing I promised you I I would do would be talk to you one hour a week. Right. That's why, that's why I put this show together. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And that, and again, I, you know, I, um, and again, not to make this into a love, love show. Right. But my relationship with Eric is 1000% different than it was with my ex-husband. And I enjoy talking to him. I enjoy spending that time, you know, just that one-on-one time with him. Um, you know, even if it's just, having dinner while we're making jokes or talking. And so Eric does get super busy. He's got two podcasts. He's got this show. He's got work. And he's, so he's got a lot of things going on. And um, hopefully the the republishing of his book will be going out pretty soon. So he's got a lot of things going on. So I just asked him to give me some time. Just, just carve out an hour to, out of the week to give me some time. And that's, a, that's what, that's, that's what and that's the here. show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be really, that would be really funny though that would be pretty funny so um so what are some of the things that you can help you find a purpose in life you know just some of those things like writing down things that make you happy um listen to other people's feedback there might be things that you don't know about yourself or you haven't really figured out from yourself, the kind of person you are, that other people can tell you, you know what, you're a great listener. Thank you so much for listening to me today. You know, um, I have um, several, I, they're coworkers, but to me, they're very close, they're friends, um, that they have, they have opened up to me and they told me things and I've listened and I've offered advice and, and I didn't realize it, but they would say, you're such a good listener. I thank you so much for listening to me and not judging me. And, you know, and so that kind of started sticking in my head. I'm like, yeah, I guess I am a pretty good listener and I don't judge people. And, and, um, and I try to help people with my, I try to guide people with my experiences. Like, you know, a lot of stories end up kind of intermeshing with each other. Like they have a story and then I'm able to kind of go, something similar like that happened to me. Let's talk about it, talk it through. Um, so one of the things I was looking for too was like, maybe I'd be a good like, you know, counselor or a good therapist or, you know, something like that. Uh, but then I looked at how much school there an actual MFT does. And I'm like, yeah, it's not that serious. I'll just listen to people on the radio. <laughs> 
you know? So, I mean, it's just that kind of stuff. So really kind of listen to other people's feedback, I think is really important, you know? Surrounding yourself by positive people, like I said, you know, my ex-husband, very miserable person, brought me down. I think, Eric, you had the same experience with your ex-wife, you know, just would just like almost like vacuum up any sort of happiness or excitement you had with life as soon as you were with that person, yeah. right? So if you're with somebody, and it doesn't have to be your husband or your spouse or whatever, but just friends that suck your energy, like maybe you want to consider talking to other people, meeting new people, yeah. you know, that's, that's really important, you know, starting conversations with new people, you know, hear what they have to say. Um, you know, that's always been really important to meet new people. And I'm not, I'm kind of a, um, what do you call it? Like a pessimist when it comes to people. Cause I just, I don't, I, I just, I've met too many people that are too judgmental and that kind of stuff. And I've had to get out of my own comfort zone and, and start to meet new people and, and not, you know, um, and not automatically blame like automatically assume this person because they're shy is probably a snob, you know, like those kind of things. So that's a lot of stuff that I've been working on in my journey in life is try to like not automatically judge, not judge a person, but just automatically assume that they're not gonna, you know, respond well to you if you start a new conversation with them or whatever. So those are some of the things that I continue to work on in my journey of life, you know, is, is not, not push people away. Um, so starting new conversations with new people and not, and, and just take it at face value until you get to know, you might make some really great friends that way. Yeah. One thing, uh, you know, we used to do, and I, we used to talk about this and, and again, going back to like Virgil Adams class, <laughs> that there, you know, is this area that's called living purposefully. Right. And I really liked it. And I even use this kind of thing when I, when I'm working with, uh, with clients is, you know, with. You, you can pick any area of your life that you want to live with purpose. You know, this could be living purposefully in your recovery within, you know, relationships. It could be your job. It could be, you know, any area that you can live. I encourage everybody to think about this for a minute, right? <clears throat> and then you got to ask yourself, what specifically are you trying to achieve, right? What specifically? And it has to be specific. And that's why I was saying earlier, you know, with, you know, like I want to be clean and sober, right? So if, if, if that's all I want is just to be clean and sober, I, I can tell you exactly how you do that. Just don't use, right? right? Then you're clean and sober, but hopefully you want more, you know, hopefully you want much more than just being clean and sober. You know, I looked at, I look at my life and I say, you know, I want to be happy, you know, again, successful, stable, um, you know, uh, ha have confidence, you know, have, uh, have a high, higher level of self-esteem, feel good about myself, love myself. And these are all things because unless you're specific, you'll never really figure out how to achieve, how to do it. You right. Know? Um, you know, it's like in a relationship, right? If I just, you know, I want to, uh, you know, in a very generalized statement that actually has nothing specific that you can actually work on, you're never going to be able to put anything together that you'll be able to do. So I think it's such a cool exercise, you know, 
to look at what specifically am I trying to achieve? You know, again, I could say I want to be happy, clean and sober, you know. So then I can look at, you know, we had done a, done, done a show on happiness. You mm -hmm. know, where can you find happiness? What are the things you can do? What are, how can you be proactive in achieving, you know, that happiness? Um, you know, in a relationship, I want to be in a, in a trusting, healthy relationship that has, you know, where we can communicate, you know, where we can have feelings. All right, scratch that. I, you know. <laughs> Again, I don't want to be only asking. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, then you can look at okay, how can we have good communication? Something we can work on. Specific, you know, um, speaking out. Can relief. I just say though, just just to kind of add to that? Yes. The mistake that people make is that they find happy. They try to find happiness in that person. Right. Instead of being happy with that person. Where'd you learn that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I learned it from watching you. Right. So, <laughs> so it was one of the, the uh, and, and again, I, I did learn it really. I thought my happiness was based on my children. If my kids were happy, therefore I was happy. If my husband's happy, therefore I'm happy. Right. But that goes away. Once the kids leave, yeah, they're happy. They're doing their thing, but they well, don't and, need me as much. And you don't have control of that. You, you don't. Know? I mean, right? if I were to say, I'm gonna if if you're happy, I'm happy, I don't have any control over your happiness. Right. So so you know, so that's why, yes, you're right, hundred percent. I mean, you you know, happiness comes from within you. Mm -hmm. You know, it can't come from anything external. It can't come from anything that you don't have something, some control over. Right. Because right. that's really what it comes down to. Right. You know, I mean, I always use the, use the example of, you know, with integrity, right? You know, integrity, <clears throat> like I believe it's important to treat people with respect. Right. right. I believe that firmly. But so many people think that I'll treat you with respect only if you treat me with if respect. You treat me with right? respect. But I have no control over, over you. So right. there's no integrity in that because my, my respect is going to be based on you. And so I may do it. I may not do it based on what you do. And I don't have any control over that. Right. And if somebody disrespects you, you don't automatically start to disrespect them. They disrespected well, you. Then you make the choice. Do I want to be with that person anymore? Do I not like, do I want to hang out with that person anymore? Well, and that's what I always get from people, you know, like, what if they, you know, treat me like shit, you know, kind of thing, you know, it why says are something you, about why them. Are you around these people then, you know, right. and, uh, and, and that's another hard thing for a lot of people though, mm -hmm. right? Because you, know, you even have, you'll have family members, you know, that'll treat them poorly, you know, you know, are you willing and ready to, to, not associate and what i tell people with that too is that you know you can go to the family member and say look you know what i love you and i do but unless you can start treating me with respect i gotta go and i did that and it it was so like everything got lifted off my shoulders once i did that right because i think we talked about this before on the show was after my mother passed away nothing i did for my father was good enough it was all well. Your mom used to do it this way, and your mom used to do it that way, and you know, and I and I was feeling like yeah, I was being. That's when you go. Tell, well, tell your mom. Tell tell your wife to do it then. 
<laughs> no, what I did say is, and then you should have, then you should have told her that you appreciated her when she was here. Ooh. But no, what I did do was I, I, he disrespected me one last time, and base, and I told him, if you cannot respect me as your adult daughter who is trying to help you through this, you know, transition of not having your wife around, I will not come back. I need you to respect me as your adult daughter because I'm no longer that little girl anymore who can never, you know, measure up to to um, to your expectations, right? And that was the first time I've ever said that to him. And this is why now, fast forward almost four years, my father is like one of my best friends because I finally told him I'm not taking the disrespect anymore. I said, if you don't like my cooking, it's okay because my husband and kids like my cooking. If you don't like the way I, you know, make your bed or wash your clothes or whatever it is that I was doing, then you need to figure out how to do it. I'm sorry that you didn't learn this stuff before, right? So it's it, it was so eye-opening because the disrespect had nothing to do with me. It had to do with his own insecurities, his own issues. So for me to just start disrespecting him because he's disrespecting me, nobody was going to win in that situation. But I had to respect myself enough to say, this is it. This is the line. I'm not taking that anymore. You know, this was mom, mom's death was unexpected. I'm here to help you. If you can't respect that, then I'm out because I have my own family to take care of. I mean, that's good. You know, the I mean, how many how many people in your life have altered your purpose right in that sense right or you know how many people in your life impact what you do right you know and that's that's what is so i mean in recovery this is the key to control right you know self-responsibility self-responsibility is is how I'm going to maintain control of myself. I get rid of all the alibis. I got no more blaming. I'm not blaming people anymore for what I, I'm doing. I'm taking responsibility. And, uh, and that's where I no longer allow other people to influence what I do. I make decisions. This is me. Love me or hate me. This is, you know, and that's, that's what we really, now I want to say when you're married and you're in a relationship, it's very important that you run things by your wife before you. <laughs> yeah, I, I and he's uh, it's Eric in training. He's still learning. <laughs> so I want to say that that is so very important. You know, you got to talk to your wife. Uh, yeah, I mean that's, you that's talk something to different. Wife, you know, about, you know, vice versa. Yeah, and uh, because it has to be a group decision. <laughs> making, he's making fun folks he's making fun but no. don't worry he'll, he'll he'll hear it afterwards it's all good it's all good no. but i mean it's, it's not easy it's not an easy thing to tell to stick stand up for yourself right it's it's easier to get mad and and fight back with the person who's you know treating you badly or disrespecting you or whatever um instead of saying all right i'm not going to take this anymore right um, and that's where the self-esteem gets, comes in. You are not who you are because of that other person. Like you need to be who you are because of who you want to be, right. not because that other person's molding you to be that. Right. 
you know, a certain way. And, um, you know, a lot of it is really kind of getting in touch with that inner child. You know, it sounds really weird. It sounds really like hokey and, you know, whatever. But taking a moment to close your eyes and picture yourself as a child and talk to that child about their insecurities that you had at that time, like your insecurities. It's almost like talking to your, it's talking to yourself, but as a child. So you have the adult side and you have the child side and really just kind of focusing on the things, the insecurities that happened to you or the things that happened to you when you were a child, how it's still affecting you today, which is driving your um, lack of trying to find your own purpose. It's, 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 it can also be driving your your need to be wanted and needed and all that kind of stuff. So, well, and I guess you know that child thing you're talking about, I think is is powerful because you know it's it's almost even like you know I mean you know being a child, you're coming new into this world and everything is new, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is is interesting, right? Everything. In, you know, intrigues you, inspires your interests and stuff. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, if what if we could do that today? You know, I mean, what if we could go back and just start looking at things and just the monotonous things, you know, the simple things, the the things and, and you know, because that's part of our issue. I think that's part of our problem in life is that, you know, everything has just become, oh, this is just the norm. This is just what it is. I've seen this a thousand times. It's not exciting anymore. Right. And that I think that's part of our problem today. We lose our excitement for living. Yeah. We lose all the excitement we had as a kid because of different, um, you know, life circumstances that have happened. They slowly, slowly start to diminish and they take away a lot of that joy, a lot of that happiness. And so, you know, then, then of course, then we're comparing our happiness to somebody else's happiness or, you know, especially now with social media, we're looking like they look like such a loving, happy family. And then you talk to them and they're like, oh, we've been, we were fighting that day. Like, you know, it was one of those things. And, and it's like, not every, not anybody's perfect. Not everybody, nobody has a perfect, you know, um, relationship or family. I mean, we're pretty close, Eric, but, you know, I mean, other than that, um, but if you keep, if you get back in touch with that inner child and really start to go, what things excited me when I was six, when I was seven, and what things stopped me from doing that? Normally, you'll find out it was because of a life circumstance that happened that took took that joy away from you or took that that excitement away. Yeah, remember, remember when you were a kid and we wanted to get high and we just spun in circles. Yeah, right. I remember that. Right. Yeah, spin in circles. Why? Because you want an altered state of consciousness. <laughs> and you're like falling because yeah. you're like, you know. Altered state um, of consciousness. We were, see, we were seeking that from little kids, you know. Been, yeah, we've been seeking that excitement since we were little, right? Um, you know, just I, I think it's I think it's really important. I you know, and I remember learning about this, you know, keeping in touch with your inner child kind of thing, you know, while I was in therapy after my mom's death and I thought it was the most hokiest. Like, I'm like, this is never going to work. Like, this is so silly, you know? Um, and I still, to this day, you know, um, use it every once in a while. And I promise my child something. Like, I'll say, okay, I'm not going to allow, like, with the whole thing with my father, I'm not going to allow our father to disrespect us anymore. And the moment he disrespects us, we're leaving. 
because I'm reminding my child that I am an adult and I'm listening to, to her fears or her concerns, right? And, um, and that's exactly what I did. And I stuck up for myself and it has not happened again. And now when he even attempts to say anything, you know, he knows it doesn't bother me anymore. Like, okay, dad, I'm sure, you know, because I don't need his approval anymore. So if you're living for somebody who you need to get their approval to be happy, that's when you need to do some soul searching. That's when you need to start keeping in touch with that inner child. And there's several books about, you know, really get, keep getting in touch with your inner child and working through a lot of issues that you may not even think you have, but it's stopping you from being happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many things out there that you can listen to, to, to try to try to get yourself out. And if you're in that situation where you feel like your happiness is stems from somebody else's happiness, it's not like all is lost. You, but you have to take that time to really kind of soul search and, you know, read books, listen to podcasts, you know, um, seek therapy and you don't need to get approval for that th- to go see therapists, uh, to go see a therapist. Like when well, I, I think, you know, I think with, you know, when you look at purpose, I mean, honestly, I think the, the first, purpose that we should all look at is is healing ourself absolutely before you even really look at all the external things that you know that you know you may want to do um but really looking at healing yourself you know because that's where success is you know success is confidence right you know Um, self-love is um key to all of it yeah absolutely really learning to love yourself and being confident in yourself is the most important thing that you can do for yourself. Yep. And that will give you a purpose. If any, and if anyone wants you get to that place and you are healthy, if anyone wants a little bit of uh, purpose, please, you can join me in my fight, fighting the stigma of substance abuse. If you have a drug and alcohol problem um, and mental health as uh, um, that's something that is very important to me, we got to remove this anger and everything, make sure you're healthy before you, you know, get too, too involved in something like that. Uh, again, I want to throw my email out too. If anybody is interested in getting a hold of me, uh, my email is E McCoy, E M C C O Y at highwallclean.org. Again, E McCoy at highwallclean.org. And uh, we still got a few minutes left, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. You can I think that join my fight with me. I think it'd also be good if you could email Eric and give him some ideas for the show. What do you want to hear from us? You know, tell us, tell us what, you know, what bothers you? What do you want to talk about? So I know a lot of people don't like to call in and they get worried of like, you know, who's going to hear this or whatever, but send us some, some thoughts, some ideas that, you know, you would love to hear more about, you know, again, you know, we are not, well, Eric's a counselor We're you know, we're not trained professionals or, um, as far as like, we're not an LMFT or anything like that, but we, we like to talk from the heart and talk from our experiences and what we've learned in life. And are we the happiest we can ever be? Of course, nobody really is, but we work towards that every day. And we work towards finding that peace, our, that inner peace. And we want to make sure that you guys are all finding that too. And if you're in recovery, there's so much of your story that you can tell. 
you know, listen to Eric's other podcast, High White Clean or Walk a Mile in My Shoes. People have such amazing stories that you can take from and really learn from to try to build you and make you stronger so that you can find your own self-love. Now, I will say real quick, um, Walk a Mile in My Shoes um, is not really the, the um, per se, stories of hope. And oh so, yeah, it's more. It's, you, will, sorry. you will get with um, High Wall Clean. High Wall Clean is that show that can inspire you, excite you, give you hope. I have a lot of great guests that come on that show. Um, Walk a mile in my shoes is is a little bit more in line with um, you know finding people. And currently, our our direction right now has been on hate. So we've been actually seeking out different people that are enthralled and wrapped and just you know enmeshed in hate and um and trying to break down to see how legitimate their arguments are and that's what i have my my co-host on the show is lona curie she was at, he was actually on our uh show last week um and uh and he's my uh, co-host on that show um, and so we actually did a couple, um, one was on homosexuality is the first one that we did on transgender loan as a, uh, as a transgender and, uh, um, we did a KKK. <laughs> well, before our time is up, I want to tell everybody, you know, if you, if you, if you're liking what you're hearing on our talk radio, um, you know, make sure you're sharing with people. We want to get the word out that they're not alone, that they are, there's, there's, we're, we're, you know. We're all here to help each other and guide each other. And, and just if you take that 50 minutes to listen to our show and, and really get something out of it, it's really important that you share that with um, with the people that you know or people that are suffering from whatever and want to talk about it. And when we get back into the studio, we would love to know what you were thinking. We can't take yeah. calls on this part, but we can't get a uh, call on this. But, you know, we would love to hear you guys yeah. call in. You don't have to give us your real name. Um, you know, we, we really want to keep this going and it would be really important to hear that from you. And, and it really, um, your voice wants, we want to hear your voice. Absolutely. We want to hear what you have to say. Yep. So, um, all right, honey, I love you. And, and, uh, I'll see you in a second. Um, all right. <laughs> anyways, I want to thank you guys all for watching the show today. Um, again, we really would love to get your feedback. Um, again, my email is emccoy at highwallclean.org and um and definitely reach out to us um again we'll be in the back in the studio next week so we would definitely love to get some phone calls and get your thoughts and uh so we will see you then thank you guys so much bye all live purposely you're listening to what were you thinking with eric mccoy and morella mccoy only on la talk radio